the daughter of this woman who had gotten, um, she'd struggled with alcoholism, the mother and pills and the daughter actually did as well. But anyway, somebody had said that the mother was pathetic and the daughter said, she's not pathetic. She's just stuck. Welcome to the Complicated Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah May, and this is a show all about exploring messy heart topics and the strategies we can use to seek healing in the pain and restoration in the ruins. Well, hey everyone, it's been a while. It's been nearly nine months since I put on my headphones to record a podcast. I basically just left everything the way it was, didn't finish up the last series I was doing. And as time went on, I realized how much the shutdown and the pandemic had affected me. And I'm sure it's affected you all in many ways as well, some of them detrimental. I wanted to touch base with you all and share a little bit about what's been going on with me uh, over the last nearly nine months. And I also wanted to take some time just to encourage you because I know that I'm not the only one who is dealing with pandemic stress and depression and struggling through this really weird new time that we're all living in. And I know for some of us, you can just, you know, bounce back and you're good or you're forced to do what you have to do, you know, go to work, we have to homeschool our kids. Uh, But a lot of us are really hurting. A lot of us are struggling and it's just really hard. And so I'm going to share a little bit about how this whole time has affected me. And then I'm just going to try and encourage you all a little bit encouraging myself as well. So thanks for listening. So when everything shut down and the whole, you know, pandemic started last March, really, um, I, at first, I really embraced the shutdown. Now, not the virus, not the fact that it was hurting people or anything like that, but the sort of, I'm an extrovert, but the introverted part of myself uh, thought, you know what? This is great. This is going to be a breather. I'm going to get a break. It's a forced time to rest because I lost, you know, all of my speaking jobs. I had, you know, just released a book, The Complicated Heart, in September, and so I really wasn't. I haven't been working on anything new. Um, and so, yeah. So losing, losing all my jobs, losing my QVC jobs, my speaking jobs. Um, but it took this pressure off, and I thought, okay, I'll just you know, take this few weeks or month to just, you know, rest. Of course, none of us knew how long it would last, or maybe some of us did. And it was great for about two weeks. Um, And then a really weird loneliness set in that some of you may relate to. It's where you, your body, your mind, your soul is missing community and people, Uh, but yet the depression part that sets in when we deal with stress um, makes you want to isolate. And so even though I knew I needed people, I also embraced just isolating and kept going further and further into myself. 
um, to the point where I just didn't even want to see people anymore, even though I needed it so desperately. Um, Also during this time, I thought, well, this is a great time to wean off my anti-anxiety meds because I have no work. I have nothing going on. I'm home all day with nothing, you know, I've got my kids and everything, but I'm not uh, needing to travel or speak or write or do anything where, you know, my anxiety would amp up. So I thought this is a perfect time to wean off the medication. And so I did that. Um, against the advice of my doctor, (laughs) when will I learn? Um, but I really wanted to, because oftentimes I feel like meds feel like a safe cage, but a cage nonetheless. So like everything out, it's like a prison, like everything outside the prison is going crazy and there's chaos. And so I walk into the prison and things are calm, but yet I'm still behind bars. So that's sort of how I feel about medication sometimes. Um, it calms me. It keeps me safe, but it still in some ways feels like a prison. And so I wanted out of the prison and just figured I'd find ways of coping in the chaos. And I was off of them for three months and I went a little bit crazy. I mean, my thoughts spiraled so intensely. Not only was I severely depressed, crying in my bed all of the time, um, I literally thought that I wanted to divorce my husband. Like all of our issues amped up to a degree that were just out of control. And we did start going to a counselor, which was so good and so healthy, but everything felt like it was on fire. I mean, everything was big and huge and um, awful. It was it was so so hard, and my emotions just were so they just spiked, you know, just so up and down and crazy. And I felt I just felt so completely out of control. And during that time, I really did run to the Lord. I mean, crying out to Him, staying in the Word, you know, praying my heart out, um, seeking advice, seeking help, and all of that was good. But it, I mean, every day just was an absolute battle, an absolute battle in my mind, an absolute battle physically. And it really came to a head when I did have a speaking engagement in the summer, and you know, three hours before the event, it was local. I was in my bed under the covers, like no makeup. My hair wasn't done, just crying and just so low, so low. And my husband said, honey, I think you just might need to take your meds. Um, and I, I ended up going to, I did take them and I ended up going to the speaking event and Sheila Walsh was speaking there as well. And I got to talk with her and um, I said, how do you do this? Like, how do you do this public ministry that you're doing, writing and speaking and dealing with depression? And because I know that she struggles with mental health and depression. And um, and she said, Sarah, I have to be on the meds to function. Like, I just do. And I know some people don't understand that and want to fight against it. Um, but I need to. And then she reached into her purse and she pulled out a card that looked like it had been written by maybe an eight-year-old. 
and it said something to the effect of, I love you, mom. I hope that you get better soon. And she said she keeps that card because there was a time where she tried to get off of her meds when her son was young. He's grown now. And um, it was so detrimental to her mental health and to her family. And she had given this like really mean look to her son or something and she that scared him. And that's when he wrote her the card. And she decided after that to go back on her meds because she needed to do it. She wanted to do it for her family uh, so that her son didn't grow up with a mom who had uh, mental illness that was impacting her every day very physically, very obviously. And she keeps that with her to this day to remind her of the importance of her staying steady on her meds, um, especially as she does what she does with what God has called her to do. And one of the things that really encouraged me is I said, but how do you, you know, not keep upping your meds? Because that's my big fear. And she said, Sarah, I've been on the same dose for the last 12 years and I'm good. I'm steady. And that was really encouraging to me and really, really helpful for me to hear from Sheila. And so I had been praying and I just had determined them that, you know what, I'm going to go back on them uh, because I want to be healthy for my family and I want to do good work for the Lord. And the reality is when I'm not taking them, I'm crippled. I am. Um, I, my brain just goes to a really dark place. Um, I don't struggle with uh, suicidal thoughts, but I just get very, very low and can't function. So I decided to go back on the meds, and that has been such a steadying factor for me, which I'm very, very grateful for. I wish I didn't need them. I don't want to be on them, uh, but I do find that they are very, very helpful. Um, I don't want to divorce my husband. anymore. And all the things that felt like they were on fire just toned down. So it's not a uh, like a numbing. It just has brought my emotions to a little bit more of a steady place. So I still feel things, uh, obviously. I still am thinking through our issues, dealing with them. Um, but my emotions are just in a steadier place so that I can deal with them. And so it's been helpful, but I've noticed that even being back on my meds, I'm still just really struggling uh, in this time because things still are not open back to normal. I'm in Pennsylvania, which is a pretty strict state. And, you know, wearing masks everywhere is, I don't know why I can't explain it, but it's mentally exhausting to me. Um, When I'm in a store for longer than like 10 minutes, I start to feel like panic when I have a mask on. And so, um, and so that brings more stress and amps up my anxiety and, uh, and we know that stress can affect us, like make us feel like we're depressed because it's just stress is like taking out good chemicals, um, in our brain. And it's very, it can be really detrimental to us. So, um, I'm definitely getting better. Um, I'm getting my equilibrium back. I feel... Um, I definitely feel better than I have been, but here are some of the things that have been helping me that I want to share with you because maybe you're feeling some of these things too, just this real pandemic, weird, maybe depression, maybe just struggling, like weirdness. I don't know how else to say it. And so here are some things that, um, we can all remember, um, 
And the first one is just (laughs) acknowledging the fact that this is a weird time. And we are all, I think, in some way or another grieving, and it's valid to grieve. It's valid to grieve um, those who we know who may have gotten sick or even died. It's valid to grieve that we can't see people's faces anymore and that we're struggling to hear them and that it's hard to breathe in our masks. Like, that's hard. And I think it's worthy to acknowledge that the pandemic stress and depression is a real thing. Like you're not crazy. If you're not getting back to normal, you're, you know, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's been so long. Why aren't I feeling back to normal? What's wrong with me? What am I doing? That is all actually normal in a weird, stressful pandemic situation. That's, you know, what we're living in, in our brains and our bodies and our souls are affected Recently, I was watching this movie called The Queen's Gambit. It's on Netflix. I think it's a fantastic movie. Anyway, there's this scene, and the daughter of this woman who had gotten, um, she'd struggled with alcoholism, the mother, and pills, and the daughter actually did as well. But anyway, somebody had said that the mother was pathetic, and the daughter said, she's not pathetic she's just stuck. And I just so related to that in my soul because I thought, you know, it's so easy to think during this time where we're struggling, like, I'm just pathetic. Like, what is wrong with me? And it's not that I'm pathetic. It's not that we're pathetic. It's just that a lot of us are feeling stuck. We're just feeling stuck. And we're not sure how to climb out of this weird, struggling, depression, non-motivation thing. So we're not pathetic. We're just stuck. You know, another thing is that, that I really want to say to you, and I'm saying to myself as well, is that this is not who we are. That depressed person that you think you are, the, you know, I don't know if you beat yourself up or not, but just those feelings of like purposelessness or what am I doing or why can't I feel better? All of those things. This is not who we are. It's just how our minds and our bodies are reacting to this new world. And so that's important to remember is that this isn't who you are. This is just your mind and your body reacting to an incredibly stressful time in our lives. And just, I want to acknowledge again that maybe you experience this too, but masks are mentally exhausting. Um, And not seeing faces is sad. My daughter, I picked her up from school yesterday and I said, um, or she said, you know, what's so sad, mom? And I said, what? She said, my teacher, he's an elderly man. He said, we all need to go outside and I want everybody to take off their masks masks because it's been two months and I've never seen your faces and I just want to see your faces. And I was like, that is sad. Like that is a loss. It is sad. It's a loss. Also, I want you to remember what stress does. You're not struggling because you're weak-minded um, or you're... <laughs> you know, something's wrong with you uh, that's not wrong with anybody else. 
Um, meaning that stress actually does impair brain function and it's a physical reality. And not only does it affect the brain physically, like stress can shrink your brain um, and change your brain, but it affects your body overall and your overall health. And so it's really important that you know that, no, like something physical is actually happening to you. And so one of the things that my doctor had taught me um, was that when we're stressed, and this can go for even good stress, but particularly the stress that we're dealing with right now, our body acts like a vacuum pulling out the serotonin, which is like the happy balancing chemical in our brains, to store for later, Um, except that we can't find it later. (laughs) And so what happens is we get physically sad, like our brain experiences sadness. And so it's actually a very physical reality. And so that's why it's so important to know that truth and then to rest and trust God with that truth. Because otherwise the enemy is going to want to turn it on you and, you know, think something's wrong with you. That's different than any of us. And that's just not true. And so that's just an important thing. And then the other thing just to remember is that God gave us weakness so that we don't do too much and so that we can remember that we don't actually have ultimate control. So like we can't just pull ourselves out of this. We can't just fix our brains. We can't just, you know, snap out of pandemic depression. It just doesn't work that way. And so, you know, we can all take this time to remember that we actually aren't in control and we've never been in control. And all we can really do is, you know, put one foot in front of the other and trust God with this whole entire thing. And just remember that rest is really important and that we don't need to do too much. Like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, especially in the work that I do as a writer and a speaker, someone who podcasts, someone who does QVC, I feel like if I'm not working, then I'm bad. Like I feel like if I'm if I'm quote unquote just taking care of my home, taking care of my kids, then I'm like I'm not wasting my life. That's the wrong way to say it, but like during the days it just feels purposeless. Um and God's really been teaching me the importance of, of that my identity, my worthiness is not found in the work that I'm doing. And, and when and as He leads for me to do good work, like I will do it. And I can go forward and do that and He'll guide me, He'll shut doors, you know, all of those things. But um, I can't be finding my worth in my work. So... It helps me to remember that I'm okay and that God loves me and that I'm no less worthy if I'm not doing, doing, doing. (laughs) And that is very helpful for me personally. Maybe you relate with that. Uh, And then the other thing to remember, and this just goes along with what I was just saying, but um, I love Romans 8.1 that just reminds us, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. And so if you're not doing the things you wish you were doing, if you're really struggling with meeting the goals that you have, there's no condemnation for you in Christ. He is gentle. The person of Jesus is gentle. 
And I love that about him. Um, one of my, there's tons of scriptures about the gentleness and humility of Jesus, but one of my favorites is actually in Psalm 18, five. Uh, and David says to the Lord, it's your gentleness that makes me great. And I really cling to that because it is the gentleness of the Lord that changes me, that makes me great, that keeps me going. It's not His condemnation. It's not harshness. It's not even His discipline. It's His gentleness that makes me great, knowing that He is gentle with me and patient with me, and His love is unfailing. And that encourages me so greatly. And I hope that it encourages you too. So this is just a short podcast, just a check-in. I'd love to know how you're doing. Uh, you can always write to me at podcast at com. Let me know what's going on in your heart, in your mind, and how you're, how you're doing. And I just want to end with a little short one-sentence blessing for all of you. I bless you to receive the gentleness of Christ and to know that in Him you are not condemned, forgotten, unseen, or unheard. All right, friends, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Complicated Heart Podcast. If you like this podcast, if you found it helpful, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Reviews are how people know if they should listen or not, so your review matters. Thank you so much. If you want to know more, check out the Complicated Heart Podcast.com.